You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Hey. Oh my God, there's a shadow. morning or afternoon i should say yeah it's three o'clock three o'clock my time italian time mr italia what's behind you yeah i'm a little at the coast on the west coast of italy i forgot what city it is but as most cities what they look like that's, on the coast that's what those built in copenhagen they had all those colorful uh as well is that most of europe is like that I think a lot of parts, but um, Italy's yeah. for, for sure the most pronounced when it comes to the colors, the pastel. Was that like kind of a a time in history, or is it just uh, whatever? I'm not positive. That's actually an interesting. I should probably look into that. But many coastal or places on the water have that. Maybe something to do with the sun, like it helps with the heat, or not sure. Yeah, I see. I mean, people try to do that on. Like our coast as well, but just it's not not as prevalent. You know, it's not like everyone does it. So, where's our little uh, our other guy, little Poncho? Well, it's eight o'clock sharp, so you should Poncho be coming out any second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see. Eight oh one. You'll be coming flying in here pretty soon. So, anyways, uh, interesting market we have uh, going on, continuing to go on. You just never know what's going to happen from day to day. It's one of those things that we're just kind of learning and, and watching and seeing what's uh, happening and then kind of got to react to it. But it's just, uh, like I said, no rhyme or reason. There's some listings that we get that we get just a ton of showings. And then there's other ones that you don't really get any. I see a lot more people doing open houses now to try to get some um, excitement going. A lot of people out there are using financing incentives. Uh, to try to get people in. Mortgage people are really pressing that because closings are are significantly down. And and with that means that people aren't making money if they're not closing loans, especially loan officers, when there's no refinance market either. So it's been uh it's been interesting. But again, if it if the property is good, uh, the the sale usually happens. But it's everything's taking a little while. It's like before everyone had to react and act on emotion. And now it's more, you know what? Let's just think about it. It's a nice place, but we can wait a week and then we'll come back and maybe we'll look at it again. And I think what realtors have forgotten is what the old market was like, because there's a lot of them really pressing and can't understand what's what's happening. But we're just kind of returning back to a, to a market where though the inventory is still low, there's just less buyers on that. And I think the, the key to holding um, our market together is to keep that inventory lower. In you guys opinion. must have just watched my market update video. We did. Yeah. I just, I just copied it. Actually, I'm I don't have the screen. I just, I'm lip syncing. I'm kind of the authority here on uh, Pebble Court. Uh, I don't have the neighborhood or the city owned yet, but I, uh, I'm the authority right here. You know, Andy, it's interesting though when yeah. you talk about these updates, market updates. Yeah, you start you see things on them that you're like, "Well, what's happening?" I mean, the yeah. median price is going up. You know, listings yeah. are kind of, you know, they're they're trending up. Pendings are lower, 
But what's I think really interesting about it is that the reason that medium price is going up is because the upper bracket homes are the ones that are selling. Yeah. It's the it lower is. ones that aren't. Yeah, because that's, a, you know, it's kind of like you and I walk into a room and all of a sudden you have somebody like Warren Buffett walk in. The median net worth is now, you know, $17 billion. Yeah. Well, okay. That doesn't mean that you and I are necessarily getting wealthier, but the median or the average or whatever you want to call it is is trending towards a higher end clientele. Um I'm I'm seeing the same thing. So new listings right now, they were saying are up almost 26% year over year at this time. So we're seeing more inventory coming. I know, I know. I'm going to handle that. Okay. Doing that a little uh, grandpa's cough syrup. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, no, I, I've been talking so much and I've got a little bit of a head cold here, but I, um, I'm powering through it. Thank you for asking. Um, the so, so I'm seeing listings are up about 26%. Then you get back to, here's the part that I'm curious about, because as we have new listings coming on, buyer demand, or what we we track is showings, right? Showings are down like almost 18%. So showings are down, inventory is up. It's starting to really feel like that pendulum is switching from a seller's market towards a buyer's market, but we're not there. We're still, uh, we're just cr- just starting to crank up to where we're almost at, you know, a quarter. And, and we're not, we're not, so anyway. No. It's the why they still have to put good offers together. Um, you still have to have your ducks in a row for the sellers. Um, Andy, I was in an offer situation this last week where there was um, it was nine hundred eighty-five thousand. Yep, we went over full price cash, close whenever you want, and we were one of five, and uh, and yep. and didn't even get a call back. You know, so it's it. I mean, it's good if you do yep. it right. You know, yep. these guys, I think. You also have to look at, now I've been kind of big lately into this whole lifestyle thing and the lifestyle thing, I mean, it's real. And I think people will, once yeah. they find what the lifestyle is that they want, they're going to go after that and, and they're going to go get it. So whether it's on the lake or it's acreage, or maybe it's just a association type living, you know, it's the ones that just don't have, it's like your normal house that you're going to raise a family in are the ones that are kind of getting a little hurt i would say yeah i was kind of you know interesting you know how you make that reference of lifestyle and people deciding like hey no matter where my portfolio up or down my job status whatever your 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 life is still taking on a fine a defined amount of time and and what people start realizing is that hey i might not see another high in the market or i might not see record sale prices again that doesn't mean that i can hold my lifestyle i may need to at this point in time need to sell because my needs are different now, you know, yeah. or, or I need that home office now because I work from home or, you know, you name it. I want to be closer to loved ones now as I'm getting older. I don't want to travel so far to watch the kids play baseball or football. And so you start seeing people from a lifestyle change perspective, um, just making the move. And that, that'll always happen. You know, what is it? Uh, marriage, death and, uh, and, uh, taxes. What is, and what? Taxes. Taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those things keep people moving around. Right. So, um, there's always something happening. So even in a market where you're like, oh my God, there, nobody should be selling right now. There, there will be people selling. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Core U.S. inflation rises to 40-year high. I thought we didn't have inflation. We must though. Securing big Fed hike and stock futures fall. Yeah, we're, we're stealing it. We're feeling it. And Andy and I talk about consumer confidence all the time. 
And that is going to hold some people back. And other people are like choosing, you know what, I'm going to take this. I'm going to put my money in, in the real estate market yep. because there are some sellers that are getting scared and they're dropping and they're trying to get out of it and trying to beat the dump, you know, and yeah. I just don't, I think they're trying to beat something that's not really happening. Well, you know, and I, I just for fun watch some of these conspiracy videos that are out there about, well, this is happening now and this is happening. And as I'm watching it, if I was a consumer and I didn't have the information behind me to, to you know, argue with that, that or have a, a counterpoint, right? Um, you'd start believing it because it feels the same. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of like a cold coming on. Am I, am I going to get as sick as I did the one time? You don't have to get that sick. It's like sometimes when people are healthier, like for example, when people have money, people have cash reserves, people are still hiring. I still see hiring everywhere, all over town. We're not in a position of where you're going to see people just desperation selling. And even if they did, they have so much value there in appreciation and they may even have an assumable mortgage. So you may be able to assume that lower interest rate. So, but here's where the problem is. If people get rid of their $300,000 house and, and they think they're going to be able to find, um, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, what do you call that, relief by going to a rental, the rentals are higher than the, the mortgage payments. So I still don't quite see where people think they're going to all go. But anyway. And I think some of the dumps are really should have been there at that price anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that some people just, they priced them wrong at the beginning and people are seeing them going down. I mean, I've, I've seen a couple examples on our, on our lake where those prices just started too high. And what happens yeah. is, is that, your, your challenges become accentuated now after you've listed it too high because people are starting to think, well, why does that thing keep getting re um, reduced? And it's like, well, that's where the price should have been. But people are thinking, no, this is the reason it's getting reduced because they don't have this and they don't have that and they have this and that's going to be a problem and that's why it's going down. And so pricing um, is such an important thing. I, yeah. you know, I, I'm going through it with different sellers and um listings that are coming on and it's just a it's a really interesting conversation and i always say that you know what our job is is to analyze the market we can't we can't create the market we don't we right. don't determine what the market is but we can analyze it and give you the best information to be able to try to get you the most money that you possibly can but we can't yeah. control the market we just we can't we don't do that it's not You're what right i want money so. You know, just present the facts, right? You you gather all the information, you equip them to make decisions that are right for them. And then what I always do is I always advise people, I'm kind of, uh, I always say, okay, now I'm going to ask you guys, based on all this information I just presented to you, okay, this is, so <laughs> if you ever line up a market analysis with me, this is what's going to happen in this kind of market. And we sit down, we look at all the facts and I'd say, okay, what's the price you would offer on your house? What would we offer on your house? In your current condition you're in right now, you know, um, what would we want to write on this house? If you say 489 and that's your gut, that's probably real close. You know, even though you want to list for 525 or 530 or whatever. I mean, when your neighbors were getting that last year, they weren't listing that high. They were listing at 490 and they were getting 520 or they were getting 510. And so they really were at 490 to begin with. So reality is, is that those legs, as I call them, the, the high offers that were coming in, are clipped off now and we're back to where we were last year without the crazy high offer. So, you know, that I call it, 
it was almost like event pricing, right? Where you have an event where people come in there and they're like, oh my gosh, your truck's only a hundred dollars and you bring in a thousand people and people bid it up to retail or higher. Yeah. So, yeah. True. True, true. Fun stuff. Hey, let's get into some funny things. I found a lot hey, of- Is that our Albanian video maker? No, this is, I'm an Italian video maker now. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> got to be expensive reprinting those business cards yeah <laughs> i found a lot of good memes here but first it's gonna be brought to you by chris rooney home experts and we have a new listing here a video we're gonna play whoa Oh, sorry. I, I just love that. I, I love the music part. I, I still can't believe you let people actually for, uh, videotape you in your hovercraft uh, golf cart. That's what I need. I got to go to every end of the golf course to find my ball. Right. <laughs> How cool would that be, though? I mean, it'd be loud as hell, but I mean, whoa, that'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> oh. All right. What do we got here? Parents, please be sure to check your kids' candy uh, this Halloween. Somebody put, uh, oh, it's gone. Someone put uh, SHIT in my son's chocolate bar. Be safe. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is this for Andy? That was, yes, that was it. Yes. <laughs> and it's a little be Zillow a little ad this year. Yeah. I heard that uh, Zillow did sell their last house and it was to open door. Weird. That's just what I heard. But, yeah. I think it's funny how so many people invest in these companies where there's zero accountability or responsibility for profit and they just play with people's money and don't care. And then people keep buying their stocks. It's like, I hate to say it, but it's a fool's game. Yeah. Kind of like the old dot coms. Remember those old, I've got uh, doggy.com or kittycat.com and people would invest hundreds of millions of dollars and they didn't even have a business plan. They just had a website. And we're going to turn this into the number one website for dogs or what? And they didn't. And then they, oh, well, but the owners got their payouts when the, you know, they went public. And yeah. what are those things, Nick? What are the NFTs? Is that what those are called? The, and well, an IPO, initial public offering. Well, no, the NFT, that they kind of have like, uh, what is that, that gorilla thing? The board API club, non-fungible yeah. token. Yeah, the, the marketplace is shut down, but some of the main projects are still worth so, a lot of money. But yeah, that was a big uh, tulip mania phase for, you know, like six, seven months ago. Yeah. I mean, and prices went right mm -hmm. out of the world. Get a, it's interesting. It's kind of like, when when do you get in? When do you get out? I mean, it's almost like housing. You can never really guess it, you know. Um, yeah. I'll never forget, uh, I had bought in, Chipotle in Morgan's account and got it at the very beginning. I think we got it at like 16. Well, that thing ended up tripling. I'm like, sweet, I'm selling. Well, it ended up going to what almost 500. 
you know, and Morgan would have been a, a millionaire. And she's like, dad, why would you sell that? I'm like, oh, oh sorry. Tripled your money. Sorry, but I didn't, anyway. sorry, honey. I didn't make as much profit as you wanted me to. Yeah. And I had to, I mean, oh. the problem was I, there's no way I could have even afforded the taxes because you couldn't have taken the money out. So if we sold, it would stay in hers and I would have to pay the tax on it. So anyways. Boomers, when real estate rises in price so much in their lifetime, boomers, when their kids stay to live with them until 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. Not funny, but funny. I'll, I would let my kids stay with me till they were 30. No problem. I don't think we have a choice. Yeah, yeah that's true. She goes, you made that damn house too nice. It's too... There's always food in the fridge and cold beer. And she goes, what are you doing? It's too nice. Yeah, I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of our new construction is empty nesters and actually creating homes that their kids are going to come back to. I, I have one closing. I've, I've done two this year where uh, mom and dad are in their 70s or 80s. The kids are in their 40s or 50s. And um, mom or dad or whatever gets to stay on the main floor. And then the kids are, are finishing the basement. We have two master suites. So we have a master suite in the basement and we have the master um, or the owner suite, if you want to call it that, up on the upper level. And everything's really nice and it's dual living and dual um, entries and everything else. So you don't have to see each other, but it's really nice if you need each other. Yeah. You know. I just stayed in one of those in, in Albania. It was a four-story thing on a hill because – Everything is kind of built on this hill to the to the sea. And uh, on the top, top floor, so it's five floors, was their little cafe they have. And then below that was where the the 40-year-old man stayed. Then his parents stayed um, below that one. And then the daughter would stay with the grandparents. So she's young. And he, I don't know. She, the parents were taking care of her. And then there was a bed and breakfast on the, the one below that. And then at my final place below that and that was like normal all over albania the multi-generational family with uh, the business on top and it was very interesting but most of like southern europe they all live with their parents until they get married basically like 30 years old and they move out nick that's why people move to america so they can own their own house yeah <laughs> that was the dream right i mean freedom of religion freedom of whatever we used to move to america so i could own my own piece of land and farm it and live it and and I'm not making fun of it, but I, I do look back at th this isn't new. This is history, guys. I mean, you know, European and all that, they, they've always had to be multi-generational, not because they love each other. It's because they can't afford to separate. They might like each other, though. No. No. no I've interviewed a few. They don't. <laughs> they don't at all. I Oh, gotcha. Oh, okay. Uh, back in 2021, 20, my $100,000 house was worth 800000 Sure, Grandma. Let's get let's get back to bed. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Uh, hey, I hope that doesn't happen again. But where's your dream, 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 dream? I think we'll be talking about this last market for a long time, though. Yeah, and it's a, an anomaly. I mean, and there's some there's some houses that I'm doing uh, markets on right now that all of a sudden you just get this total outlier. It's like, yep. what? Where, where did that come from? I mean, it's all, you know, 850 to 9, somewhere in there. And all of a sudden, there's a 1.2. 
you know, that, that totally fits in. I'm like, how did that happen? But that was yeah. a t- total case of someone wanted what they wanted and they were going to get it no matter what. And they went after well, it. You're going to lose Don't it. you think too, there's, there's a little bit of the, um, I live in the payment. If I can afford the payment, I can afford the house. And that, that, that my friends is not always true. And, and I think that you'll find that there are some people that did that. Um, you know, maybe that eight, $900,000 two story where, where it bites you is if the market corrects a little bit and let's say you're into a $900,000 house, you have your, you know, $4,500 normal payment. Now you got a low interest rate. So you're at $2,500 a month, but you go to sell it. And all of a sudden now, you know, it's selling for seven fifty, and you owe 800 on it. Well, guess what? You know, now you can't sell. So then it's okay. But I think that's, that's part of that prediction we were making last year or in the spring even is that that kind of buyer, at least they're stuck with a lower payment and an affordable situation. They probably can rent the property out or they can do, you know, roommates, whatever it is that they to help subsidize until they get back to where they want to be. But I think that just like the last housing market limited a lot of people's options. Um, and that's where you see the cash buyers. Cash buyers don't care. That's the difference. Cash buyers right now will buy a house because they're getting better value on the purchase. And they think in a purchase brain, they don't think in a payment brain. Payment brains are, are kind of like the, I'm in an app, I'm a renter, I'm a whatever. And they don't think the same as somebody that like writes checks for things. Truth. A lot of people with cash out there are trying to uh, get some more properties for sure. Yeah. Investment market right now is pretty hot. Hey, Andy, have you seen anything for, like sellers offering contract for deed financing, I just uh, saw. No, one. but I just got approached yesterday with a guy that offers contract for deed. Yeah. Um, you know, I so just, if you have that, I've got three businesses, and I don't know how to do it. And yeah, it's. I think it's it's really kind of interesting. I I saw one where they said, "Hey, we will look at uh, a contract for deed financing with twenty percent down." So you're definitely going to be in there, but and and where they're giving below what the market rates are right now, but still a really good return for that individual. Well, you, you know, really it, wanna... I mean, right now they have commercial lines of credit at the banks for four and a half and 5%. And you borrow $10 million, you lend it out. And all of a sudden you're lending it out at seven or eight or 9% and you're making the spread just like a bank does. Yeah. That's all banks do. Banks don't even usually use their own money. Banks yeah. usually go into the Fed, borrow the money from them and they service it and they make the spread. That's where all the money's being made, guys. No. I think this was an awesome uh, real estate agent way to take advantage of the current trend of uh, Dahmer. That TV show on Netflix is blowing up. Second most watched uh, Netflix series of all time. Wow. And so this guy took wow. this and, and ran with it. It's so good to finally meet you. Your condo looks beautiful. Home sweet home. I bet it is. And people would literally die to be in this building. You mind if I leave my bag over on that table? I want to show you around first. Okay, I'll just put it on the floor and we'll do a quick tour. Wow, I love the fish tank. Gives the space a little bit of ambiance. But what's that smell? I really like pork chops. No way, I love pork chops. I forgot to plug that little freezer in. And it all went bad. Oh, phew, you scared me for first second. As long as electrical is good, there's no problem. A little bit of Febreze will kill that smell. And how old are the windows? Those don't work. Okay, we're just gonna have to disclose that to the buyer since they don't open. Hold on a sec. Okay, no problem. 
Jeffrey, you're killing me. This is so unprofessional. But I'll do one to getting the condo sold. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, this is delicious. Is this that new double IPA from that brewery around the corner? So good. Yeah. Hits you like a ton of bricks, huh? Jeffy. Jeffy. Don't forget to sign the. Let's take agreement. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness oh boy i'll tell you what that was... I watched, my wife was watching that whole series and i watched about 15 minutes of it no way i'm watching that that thing was just ridiculous but that's uh it, it's it's kind of funny but like what us realtors will do for a listing and the position oh, yeah. we'll put ourselves in, you know, to kind of go get it. I, I don't know how you function in life when you can watch something like that. My I, my sister-in-law loves that stuff, that spooky, gory. And I'm like, I, I heck, I, I, I'd much rather watch Waterboy or, you know, uh, one of those caddy shacks or, you know, just laugh my way to sleep versus fear myself. That, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, one of those things that you, uh, yeah. you know, it just kind of pushes people to your little channel and then they'll probably look at your houses that you have for sale. But oh, uh, great, that was a pretty clever attention yeah. getter for sure. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. Was that actual, uh, Nick, was that footage from the actual show or is that like, okay. So then he might be, he doesn't have licensing to do that. You might get a little trouble. Fair use. Um, if you're like critiquing it or making comedy out of it, you can uh, use it. Oh, you can. Yeah. Fair use copyright act. You should like say it. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds no. like Chris Rooney's got one coming. That's a that's an Albania rule, I think. Yeah, only in Albania that applies. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I saw this one myself. <laughs> how it started. How it's going. For Zillow oh home loans, they're not—they're uh, not doing loans anymore, are they? Are, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think so. No, I know they're not buying too many houses anymore. Probably better go back to what uh, you were at the very beginning, and that you said you would be to all the realtors out there. You said you wouldn't compete against them. I remember sitting in a in a conference, a Remax conference in San Francisco, and they said we're we are not. Going after real estate. We're not going to do that. And what do you know? Well, you know, they unfortunately did. for them, the only way they could probably possibly be profitable is to flip over into a full-fledged real estate company and become a Remax or a whatever, and then just straight up compete. And yeah. and then they, but it takes years to build it, you know? Unless they went and got Andy, then I would be That's like right. that. Okay, real estate appraiser. What does he say? Goodbye. Zillow's officially gone from the Sacramento housing market. Oh, this is the one I saw. After announcing failure as an iBuyer in late 2021, they've officially sold their last unit. Ironically, they sold this property to Open Door. It is uh, new. It is, it is good to get those properties kind of out of the way. Open Door, I think, is Open Door to me has been the one that's just really hurt individual um, neighborhoods 
really yeah. has because they they purchased them. I mean, too much, and then they had a formula to put a price on them. Then they were too high, and then they sit, and then they don't really do much to them, and then they just lower in value. And everyone was getting, you know, I have a townhouse next to one that, I mean, everything in there was four hundred thousand, and Open Door came in and ended up selling theirs. I don't even know yet, but the last list price was three seventy nine. You know, just yeah. well, and the, you know, and you think about this though too. That that business model, you know, I, I learned about this. I mean, I'm I'm not kidding you, Chris. It was like eight years ago, and we were out in uh, San Francisco, and I was out at a, a show, and I was sitting there, and these guys, you know, there's a, it's kind of a neat conference. It's it's it, those of you that are in the business, Inman, and it used to be this way. It's not as much anymore. Now they they, uh, you know, per, or promote whoever pays them the most money. Back yeah. then, they would actually bring in and say, "Hey, my name is Andy. I own a company named Zillow." And here's how I'm going to put you out of business. And they would have these like face-to-face, you know, thousands of real estate agents sitting there and they would present their product yeah. and how they thought they were going to outsmart the market. And yeah. they they came in, open door did years ago. There was about six of them. I wrote them all down. Two of the six are still alive. One of them is open door. And one of them is this other company that um, is kind of a behind the scenes, uh, you know, wholesaler. And they, they the concept is, is valid, but they said, these business models only work profitably in markets that are appreciating. When we enter into a neutral or a negative appreciating market, they will exit the market. Mm-hmm. And, and their business model is written that way. So as, as the market slows down, what's going to happen, guys and girls, is we're going to have less options. And so that's why, like, you know, agents like Chris and I, we've already got investors. We've got the guys that are behind us. I mean, we're, we're looking at um, the market as how do we sell your house for the most amount of money? The one thing that I would always say to anybody looking at selling their house, do you need a fiduciary or not? If you don't need one, you think you're smarter than everybody else, maybe you're a better marketer than everybody else, then do it. But it's when it comes right down to it, if you need a fiduciary, somebody to look out for your best interests and get you the best possible price and walk you through the process protecting you, that's, that's the whole concept of a real estate agent. Sorry, I get on my soapbox once in a while. <clears throat> Back to the breaking news in Albania. <laughs> that background, go, we want to go travel somewhere. We're going to sell uh, some random cities. You guys are going to give us the pros and cons. But first, it's going to be brought to you by Andy Prasky, preferred home team. Andy, do you want to run it or do you want to do it with your voice? Or have Chris do it? I'm losing my voice. I appreciate you running something. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. You've had six videos done because your Albanian filmmaker helps you. I'm still on my original. You're good. Who's going first? Chris. I guess it's me. Oh, Bamiji. Hope not. 
Rose Mount. I like Rose Mount. I do. And they kicked our butt in high school football. I'll tell you that. Except we beat the them. The old Irish. My junior year, we beat them. So, but my sophomore year, we lost like 58 to nothing. Anyways, um, uh, Rose Mount is kind of a southeast suburb here. Um, a lot of. You sell, sell the city. What's that? I was waiting for him to click on a house. Oh, no, I'm, I guess I'm selling the city. So I think it's still kind of, you, you kind of get a, a small town feel, but yet there's a lot of uh, new construction happening uh, out in, in the Rosemont area and has been happening uh, for a while, kind of a mixed use of homes from townhomes to um, a real nice luxury market as well. It's a quick ride down Highway 3 down to Northfield, Andy, where you could go find Jesse James. See, there he is. Keep going. Oh, keep going. There he is. Jesse James down there. Uh, uh, what else about Rose alive all these um, many years? What's that? I can't believe they've kept him alive this many years down in that tank. Yeah, no. I know. No? It's really yeah, that's on the way on the way to Hastings over there as well. Yeah. Coates was kind of a, a kind of a fun place as well. Uh, yeah, they got a lot of sculptures over there. Where? In Coates. In Coates? Yeah. Yeah. Right um, on the old freeway there, there's a couple. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it gives you a little more of a a, a rural feel. There is there is kind of a, a, a downtown per se, but I think there's a couple downtowns because of the highway situation is how sure. they have it there. So, but it's, I still think they have a, a, a good feel for more like – a, a small town you can get that small town feel if you want it and there's some older homes kind of down in that that whole city center area so yep. and and they have a carbonis just so you know Dang, which is most people don't know this but they have a, a fabulous cajun chicken pasta really mm -hmm. huh. carbonis they do really do what's that it's out of a can and they yeah, no. I mean it's good. It. There you go, Chris. It's good, I'm telling you. So no, I didn't do very good there. That, but, uh, uh, that that comes they make a pizza sandwich. I know it sounds weird. Go in there and try their pizza sandwich with your favorite pizza toppings. And uh it, it's a fun little thing. It's basically like a calzone, but it's thinner. It you know, and the crust is thinner. It's it's a square, they you know, mush it. It's it's pretty tasty. It's a fun little treat. Hey, what about what about this lake thing over here? What's going on with this Rosemont Spring that's Lake? It's a river. Oh, it's uh, a river. Mississippi. That's part of the river. That's part of the Mississippi. And then I mean it just plays off and has the different lakes and stuff like that. I've never sold one on uh, in in that little uh, area. So we, last year uh, on our team we had uh, out of Invergrove Heights, we had one that backed up to the river. And uh, we sold one down there. It was really um, a lot of demand. Um, yeah. That area is really, I think, unique because you think about it, you look at the map, and like you said, it, it's so right on the money. You feel like you're in a rural area, and you're not. Mm -hmm. And you're like in this really, and then you're five minutes out of St. Paul. I mean, it's really fast. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it is a, it's a really nice area. I mean, and there's a combination of, you know, acreage and then, you know, in town type living. So. Right. Yeah. Okay, Andy. Let's do it. Hey. hey. Please.
please pick something where I can pronounce a name. Wow. Are Lake we going to talk about my favorite town, Lake Elmo? Because Lake Elmo is nestled into the Twin Cities metro, comfortably next to Superior. I'm kidding. Um, Lake, Lake, what you find what's really neat about Lake Elmo, not only do they have, um, you know, fantastic neighborhoods, a lot of them are higher-end neighborhoods that are rural, uh, meaning, uh, you know, acreage-style developments. You're just, you know, away from the river. So if you have a big boat and you like boating, but you want to live in your house and you want a boat on the river, what a great spot for you to sneak out to the river on the weekends or the weekdays. Um, I also like that it's close to Stillwater, so you have lots of the amenities of shopping and, uh, you know, um, fun restaurants. And, you know, when you have people in from out of town, it's a fun place to sneak people to. Um, just actually a great little hidden pocket. And then if you look up on the corner where 36 hits uh, 694, more importantly, they have a fleet farm. And everybody loves fleet farm. I used to love it when they had, like, ammunition there. Then they locked yeah. it all up. Listen, I went all the way out to Sioux Falls this weekend, and I was at the um, Shields. And I walked in there, and uh, they everybody out there shoots rifles and stuff, right? So I walk up, and I look at the guy, and I go, do you guys have any Sabbat, you know, um, shotgun shells? He looks at me, and he goes, well, yeah. He goes, they're on sale. They're 10% off. Nobody buys them. It's like, yes. <laughs> What are they? So I have a 12 gauge uh, shotgun and then it's a rifle barrel. So it's, you know, it has the rifle around it. Mm -hmm. And then they, they make a special um, slug that actually is not a slug. It, it actually takes advantage of that barrel to get more accuracy at a, a, the ballistic goes farther. Um, and, and it has, a, it's really cool stuff. Wow. They, they, I'm telling you, the, the industry that we're in, They've got the, like, you know, like Southern Minnesota's only shotgun. Well, shotgun are is just as accurate as rifles now. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then muzzle loaders are even more accurate than that. And they're, they're acting like we can't have rifles down there, you know, because they shoot too far. Well, anyway. <laughs> wow. See, and people think this is a real estate thing. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I, I, we got a lot of our viewers that, and listeners that are deer hunters. I know we are. And anybody that's a deer hunter right now is getting excited, thinking about ammo. We're stocking up on beef jerky. We're, you know, getting our, we're <coughs> watching the weather to see if it's going to be rainy or warm or windy. Um, Cause that can make or break your trip too. I was taken advantage of on wild game before. And I was, yeah. I was really kind of, well, I was drunk and it was late at night. And yeah. my buddy made, said he was making me a steak. And this steak was like the size of a pizza pan. Well, it ended up being a moose steak. Moose. Oh, how was it? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I was drinking. I don't remember. <laughs> but he tricked me into it. I said, I don't eat, I don't eat wild game. So, well, you know, those moose, they're big deer. So, you know, they, uh, I'm sure yeah. they have a very similar flavor to venison. Oh, yeah. RHP Properties buy seven Minnesota mobile home parks for $25 million. Deal includes sites for 575 of them, though in most cases, not the homes themselves. So, yeah, so they're just buying the land. Um, huge yeah, rentals. The dirt. Huge rentals on those. I would I would guess that that's uh, part of a, a bigger um, group of what they have, because a lot of these people, they get the system down, and then it's really easy to add other ones in. It's like storage yeah. units. 
once you have one and you have the the software to be able to kind of in the security system to be able to kind of um, make it easy you can draw in a whole bunch more and it's uh pretty easy and it's just like andy said you know the banks are borrowing 10 billion dollars and they're lending out 10 billion but they're making maybe eight percent on the interest rate and they're just that's how they make their money I and mean, it's all about volume talk talk about an easy rental i mean i'm sure the management level has their challenges with the individuals but you're buying slabs of land generally the people are you know renting that slab take care of it for you it's their job um the only thing you'd have to consider yourself as an investment is if there's infrastructure that needs to be added or redone or whatever you know or the roadways or whatever because a lot of times you own the private roadways too in those parks so um what a cash cow oh my mom and dad have a a a mobile home down in arizona which the mobile home probably i mean at the time i think they're worth like probably 70,000 now, but the rent is over $800 a month for it to sit on that piece of land. So everyone owns their, their mobile home, but they, every month they're paying 800 bucks. Yeah. Plus utilities. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, that's a, a big money maker. Seems fair. No, why not? Yeah. <laughs> What's next, Dick? There was a big thread on Reddit about uh, checking property taxes beforehand and making sure you're in the know of everything. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on running property tax numbers before you buy it. Well, I think it's really important um, for the plain fact that you might not qualify if those taxes are too high. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We had, um, you know, sometimes you'll see with people that haven't quite gone to a lender yet and uh, kind of started looking prior to that happening and they don't think about that being all part of their their payment and so it's your payment consists of principal interest taxes and insurance and sometimes you need mortgage insurance to be able to kind of go on top of that but if your taxes go from you know 4800 a year to 5400 a year you know i mean that's that's 50 dollars a month which might just knock you out from qualifying so yeah you you 100% got to know and you you typically know too of the areas that their tax base is higher. So. Oh, for sure. There, I, I think that's one thing you can always count on is taxes. Yeah. That's for Even sure. if you pay cash, that's a scary thing. You think about it and you go, Oh, I want to pay cash for something. I want to pay this off. You're still always going to have that tax obligation. Never goes away. I have a, I have a, a real good client that um, owns a lot of properties that basically has paid them all off, but his dad, he always said, my dad told me, he goes, you better watch out because you could become tax poor. And I think uh-huh. their tax liability every year is over $400,000. You know, <laughs> I mean, you don't owe nothing on them. And that's what it is. So, yeah. Which, which by the way, equates to about a $40 million portfolio, but probably boo hoo. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the main. Main reasons there's so many abandoned castles and historical buildings in Europe is because the families couldn't keep up the maintenance and the taxes. Yeah, you can buy those huge castles for you know a hundred grand, but it takes ten million to make that thing run. I used to always think about like guys like Ted Turner, right? So they would have where they own more land in in the United States than anybody else, right? They owned like millions of acres of land, and I thought, my God, even if he's is wealthy enough to pay cash for all that. Can you imagine the tax obligation on all that land? Even if it's at farmer ag levels, 
it still would be millions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yes, sir. Uh, what do we got here? Shady tactics. Oh, is this is this real or is this someone just thinking this up? This is a situation, yeah. Okay, as I browsed Redfin, I came across the estimate history of the house I sold earlier this year. I was surprised to see that the estimate was trending upwards when prices in my area are actually dropping. Looking closer, it was clear that some funny business was going on with the historical estimate. So currently on Redfin, the graph shows the March estimate at 891. And then the email from March, the estimate said it was a million four or a, a, a million 40,000. So while the estimate has dropped by nearly 150,000, their graphs make it look as though the value is still rising. I recognize these estimates aren't accurate at all, but it's shady nonetheless that they're changing these things retroactively to make it appear prices are going up. Weird. Yeah, exactly. All I keep telling everybody is this, the same thing with Zillow. The reason why they got out of buying houses wasn't because they weren't making money. They, they're good at not making money in everything they do. The reason why they got in that business was the liability of they were controlling this estimates and people were making, buying and selling the fit. They were being influenced by Zillow and then Zillow would come in and buy their house. That's why they got out of the business. It's not because they want to be nice. It's because they were going to get caught getting, they were telling people what their house is worth and then paying it. And then they'd raise the prices and then they'd sell them. Right. That was the concept. Right. So it was, I don't know. I don't even want to get into it. I get all worked up, but um, because I just get mad when anybody takes advantage of the consumer and the consumer, it's literally a wolf in sheep's clothing in some cases in those environments. And when I think smarter attorneys pointed that out to them, they said, we have to exit this arena because they were steering, as they say, and then guiding and influencing people. That's what a professional or the fiduciary is supposed to do. Fiduciary is not supposed to screw you up. Yeah. So put that in your app. There you go. Allegedly, right, Andy? We don't know that for sure. Allegedly. Allegedly, of course. But I mean, just do the math. I don't know. I mean, that's what they were scared of. Don't want Redfin coming after our, our podcast. That would be uh, probably not as they probably have a little deeper pockets than us. <laughs> our initial public it. offering hasn't happened yet. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, are many buyers taking adjustable rate mortgages now? Is this a good or bad sign? Yeah, I think there's a lot of buy downs happening and that's a form of an adjustable rate, just meaning that they're buying down their interest rate either uh, for a year or two years. And uh, so the rate starts out, let's just say that the rate's 7%. The first year you start at 5%, the second year at 6%. And then for the next 28 years, you're at 7%. And that's an adjustable rate. I don't think there's a lot of pricing difference right now, um, but I'm sure that'll come um, as the as the market tries to find itself. And that's I think that's the problem. They just don't know where the market's going. So investors are kind of hedging their bets that, boy, do we really want to to do the adjustable rate? So the pricing isn't that great. Right. So I think that they know. I mean, a, a buy down. I mean, and how how it's going to make them money. But I just don't. I haven't seen. I mean, I'll, you'll see it on, uh, like Andy was saying, commercial loans or from banks that they're borrowing money at a lower rate, but they're putting themselves out there, you know, for maybe five years. 
And so you're going to have to do something with that, that loan within that five years. But um, it, I mean, it's literally, it's a, it's, it's fixed for something for five years and then it can adjust after that five years. So it's not like, Hey, they're going to make you pay your loan off in five years, but um, that's, that's adjustable rates and people, I mean, they have to do it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people can't afford it. I mean, I read something that payments are up like 55%, 55% in a, in a year is what your payment went up. I mean, that's, that's just crazy oh, to buy a house. About this, Chris? Think about the math on that. So you still have your 25%, give or take a little <clears throat> cash buyers that are out there. Yeah. So that's 25% of the market. When the market's down 24% on, on, uh, or 18, excuse me, 18% of buyer showings, that, that, that's that buyer that's like, I'm out. You know, the math doesn't work anymore. I'm, I'm not going to spend $4,500 a month to have a house that I want. I'll wait. And then they're, unfortunately, they're waiting for prices to soften or come adjustable. Or, you know, like I said, simply interest rates come back down and then houses don't have to come down. That's my fear is that, you know, if we do this correctly, this balancing act, there is a way to balance all the plates and come out of this muddy hole. And, and there is a way to do it. You just got to do it slow. And these quick knee-jerk decisions that are happening where inflation numbers are too high and then boom, they raise mortgage rates and they they directly punish the, the consumer selling their property, puts pressure on pricing, puts pressure on you know how fast they can sell. Also takes the gas or the the momentum out of the housing market, which is you know 28% of the GDP in the country or something crazy, 26 or 28% or something like that. So you look at that and you say, well, God, that's part of our economy. You kill that big, that big of a part of our economy and, and you can have some real ugly recession numbers on your hand real fast. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't, I don't think they understand what's going on. I, they must, but I just, man. It, it, it's hard to believe anything anymore. So. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I give Andy a lot of props. He's uh, battling through that voice. Yeah. I need more cough syrup, mama. <laughs> hey, we'll uh, do a couple more social reacts and then uh, finish the show up so we can have Andy good for the rest of the day talking. Talking real estate. For sure. <laughs> Told you the real estate market was going to crash. No, you said it was undersupplied. Correct. On both. The market has cycles. But you're going to do this for eternity. Now I'm going to show you the phases so that you know exactly where we're at in every cycle. The recovery phase. Market's at the bottom. Occupancy low. Demand low. Lease up is slow. Now you have the expansion phase. More demand. GDP levels are starting to get back to normal. Rents are getting to the point where it makes sense to develop. Now you have the hyper supply phase. Now this is what developers do. They build and build until they build too much. Then you start seeing increased vacancies. Now you have the recession phase. With more vacancy due to less demand, rents go flat or even negative, and you start getting rent concessions to get people in. So what phase are we in right now? The weird sweater phase? Do you see that shirt that guy was wearing? <laughs> I don't trust I was, anybody. I was trying to read that. all that stuff while he was talking. I wasn't yeah, very well. Obviously, it wasn't geared towards us. I can't read yeah. that fast either. I'm like, going. Yeah. I don't know what phase we're in. I don't know if we're in a phase. I mean, we're in a we're in a information yeah. gathering phase, I'll tell you that, until we can kind of figure out what the heck uh is is going down because it is oh. it's it's all yeah. over the place. Well, Chris, they were talking about this three years ago. 
And then we had a boost where all of a sudden they're like, well, this was unpredicted or unprecedented, as they say. Yeah. And uh, wow, there's, you know, it's, it's, it really comes down to the, it's a supply and demand game and low supply creates demand. But if the people that demand can't afford, then either they got to come down on the supply side or they have to adjust or make concessions to make it so they can take advantage. Otherwise you don't have people connecting and then there's business not happening. So. <laughs> I don't know if this is like an inside thing, but uh, Greg, uh, well, Greg found out, you know, that video we did last week playing uh, basketball, Andy. Yes. Threw the thing up. Supposedly she is a, a transsexual. I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> the girl that hit the basketball hoop. Oh yeah. Because yeah, so, Greg messaged us about this and he just sent in a question. So they reminded me of that. <laughs> oh, good for um, you. An inside thing, Andy? You provide buyers with a moving trailer with your logo on it for moving. I do. Yeah, okay. So it was a... <laughs> I bet you there's more logos on that than there is paint on the end. <laughs> uh, it's wrapped, Chris. It's actually wrapped. Um, they couldn't fit my whole face on the side. <laughs> so then I had it actually having a panel that goes up to get my forehead and my hair. Oh, good. The hair. Whole, has, the hair is on you there. You go down the road, my bangs go like this on the trailer. <laughs> I have I have a trailer for people, too. There's not one thing on it, just so you know. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. I don't want them driving around with my face on it. Well, and some of my rowdy customers, my God, they're doing 90 miles an hour. I've had people say, was that you doing 95 up Highway 94? I'm like, no. Was that you doing 30? I had one guy that brought it down to Iowa for some Christian camp, and they were like, that thing flew by us so fast on the way home. We were like. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's real estate day today and real estate weekend. It's going to be a big weekend, I think. Hopefully, I'm going to make it through it. Hopefully. I think I'm retiring pretty soon, Andy. I'm just telling you. Well, I'll, I'll pick up your scraps. I'm, I'm not ready to retire. I want to keep going. I did say I that. Crap. I, I think I said that 15 years ago, too. And so just, the first time I met you, you said you wanted to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I'm going, theme, I'm going, I think I'm going into coaching. I think it's needed out there. Yeah. We, gotta help. we need help. Not just, I'm not talking about real estate. I'm talking about football and baseball. <laughs> we just, uh, yeah, we just sold a house. One of our model homes was bought by one of the new coaches at uh, University of St. Thomas. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, fun they house. New staff. Story. What's that? They have a new staff, football? Yeah, yeah. They When they went to D1, they brought in all new stuff, I believe. Caruso's still there, I think. yeah. They brought in a bunch of new coaches, though. This uh, this guy's up from Chicago. Really nice guy, super family, very patient with us as we were trying to wrap up, get through the parade of homes, and uh, yeah, you can find see that so on social built? media. We tagged him on social media. He build, he build. Yeah, bought a model. Yep, that was um, under construction. Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah, big cool. two story, uh, big sport court, and. Uh, have the team over for indoor practices. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's maybe that's what I should do. Get good, good ideas. Well, let's get a warehouse and get one of these uh, club sports programs going. My God, they print money. As long as you get the coaches that want to come in and, you know, work with the kids. I mean, those, some of those 
centers that you can get the facilities pretty reasonable. I've been I've been saying that club sports is going to take over high school sports. I just haven't uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I think that it's going to, it's going to the next five years. It's going to the, the the parents want that level of of sport. They want it to be more involved. They want they're willing to pay for it. And you know we we always talk about that, but I mean you're right. The public school systems have you know a coach. They pay the coach you know six eight ten grand a year, whatever to be the coach for a little window of time. And then I'm not kidding you. We used to finish the state high school tournament and the very next Monday they would have tryouts for after they just went through their whole high school volleyball season and have their tryouts for their club uh, team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's, I think it's just <coughs> yeah, right. with money and with money and, you know, and kind of the level, I mean, it's, it's just kind of sad that all these people, you know, I mean, you're going to, to France and play volleyball and California and yep. Oklahoma. And then all of a sudden you're going to get in a bus and drive to Farmington and have a yep. volleyball game. You know, I mean, I think that just is, it's, it's turned almost anticlimactic, which is really sad. You know, I was thinking about what, what would the foreign families from different areas of the world think about this? And they're like, look at these dumb Americans spending thousands of dollars a year to teach their kid a sport versus putting them through school or, you know, something productive. A lot of life lessons through uh, sports. I so, dealing with adversity. I mean, working with some, the team. And sometimes you can take sports to travel around the world too. So yeah, works out yeah. pretty good. So. Some kids don't even ever come home. I know. Well, for thirty-five days a year, you can come home. So that's what you have to to stay uh, a resident or whatever citizen. It's uh, something tax else. tax reasons. I don't know. Criminal criminalities, you know. Ah, yeah. Has to come back and serve time. Got yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I let's, let's give you some, get you some cough drops and save your voice for the rest of the day. Yeah, thank you. Another fun show. Make sure to give us a thumbs up. Remember, each week we post three digestible clips on Facebook and YouTube. You can write us a review on iTunes, Spotify, send in all your questions, and uh, we'll see you next week. Woo!